Hello, and welcome to the Murderosity Podcast, where we discuss all things murder, mayhem, the mysterious, and the macabre. I'm your co-host, Bob Hancock, joined on the other side by Rebel Roan. Rebel, how are you this week? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited about this weird case we have tonight. How about you? Uh, I am as well, and this is a weird one. I know that all cases, I suppose, are weird in their own way, but this one kind of takes it to the next level. So much so that I've read not just our show notes, but I've read several articles and whatnot on this case, and it's still hard for me to make heads or tails. And we'll point out that this is an ongoing case. So truthfully, like the new information that we've actually just gotten today makes this even more odd. Yeah. So this is definitely going to going to fill your mayhem and macabre meters up for the week, dear listener. Yes. So what are we looking at today? So this week, we're going to look at the mayhem-filled case of Houston-area rapper Lee Arthur Carter. So, this takes place in Houston. Houston is a city that I'm very familiar with. I lived there more or less for a time. When I was working in the oil field industry, we had our headquarters down there, and we'd be down there for many, many months at a time. Now, Houston itself is the most populous city in the U.S. state of Texas and in the southern United States in general. It's located in the southeastern part of Texas, near Galveston Bay and the Gulf of Mexico, and it is the seat and largest city of Harris County, and the principal city in the greater Houston metropolitan area, which is the fifth most populous metropolitan statistical area in the United States, and the second most populous in Texas after Dallas-Fort Worth. It has a population of about 2.3 million in 2022, and it's the fourth most populous city in the United States after New York City, Los Angeles, and Chicago. And it's the seventh most populous city in North America. Now, present-day Houston, it sits on land that was once occupied by the Karankawa and the Atacapa indigenous peoples, and they lived there for at least 2,000 years before the first known settlers arrived. Now, these tribes are almost non-existent today, and that was most likely due to foreign disease and competition with various settler groups in the 18th and 19th centuries. However, the land then remained largely uninhabited until the late 1700s, and it was really settled in the 1830s. So its nickname, the Bayou City, Space City, H-Town, 713, Houston itself has become a global city with strengths in culture, medicine, and research. The city has a population from various ethnic and religious backgrounds and a large and growing international community. Houston is the most diverse metropolitan area in Texas and has been described as the most racially and ethnically diverse major city in the U.S. It's home to many cultural institutions and exhibits, which attract more than 7 million visitors a year to the museum district alone. Now, the museum district is home to 19 different museums, galleries, and community spaces. And Houston has an active visual and performing arts scene in the theater district, which offers year-round residents, companies, and all major performing arts. So even though Texas is often seen as very country and rural, Houston really kind of sets itself apart as a very modern city. However, I don't think the beauty and modernity of Houston is what you were trying to get to today. No. So we're looking at, like I said, Lee Arthur Carter. 
Carter was known by many stage names over his minor rapping career, but he's currently known as Viper. He was born in 1971 to a preacher father named Lymel and a mother named Betty who passed away in 2021. He is father to at least seven children, ranging from one to 31 years old. And per his attorney, he was employed as a real estate broker and was in the process of obtaining his master's degree in business administration. Carter began producing music in 1997 and was involved in a musical soundtrack for a low-budget film called Fifth Ward, which was directed by his brother, Greg Carter. Carter became one of the first cloud rap artists, which is a subgenre of rap that resembles trap music and is known for its hazy, dreamlike, and relaxed production style. So, cloud rap. As you mentioned, cloud rap is a subgenre of rap that has several sonic characteristics of trap music. Now, it's known for, like you said, it's hazy, dreamlight, relaxed production style. Now, rapper Lil B and producer Clams Casino have been identified as the early pioneers of this style. And the term cloud rap is actually derived from its internet origins and ethereal style. Now, Nas, the great rapper, has also said that when speaking with Lil B, there was a picture of a castle with a cloud. And Lil B said, that's the kind of music I want to make. And so with there being a cloud there, that that also led to influence. Now, cloud rap is rhythmically similar to lo-fi and chill wave, but it distinguishes itself with distorted psychedelic samples and the inclusion of rap. The genre takes inspiration from the diversity of influences and the easily accessibility that cloud computing entails. Such influences include hip-hop, drum bass, grime, trip-hop, R&B, dance, indie rock, and some pop music genres. The label cloud denotes distinct characteristics of the genre and like cloud's rap lyrics sometimes revolve around themes of love and betrayal as well as the more typical themes found in popular music such as sex drugs and alienation now frequently vocalists will use nonsensical catchphrases and twitter baits such as interjections like swag and references to being based which highlight kind of a sense of self-aware absurdity as an attempt at parody while embracing its genesis in internet culture Rap Cloud also pulls from a diversity of rap sounds and locales from both the East and West and South. Now, in particular, Cloud Rap often utilizes looped samples from female singers and often those whose voices have an ethereal quality to them. Often, Cloud Rap is released independently of record labels, and Cloud Rap artists rely on internet services such as SoundCloud, YouTube, or Twitter to distribute and to promote their music. However, again... I think that that's not your base for being here. No. So throughout the early 2000s, Carter expressed frustration at his obscurity and limited exposure. He released 9,900 Haters on the Wall, in which he claimed that out of 10,000 people that heard his album on the CD Baby website, only 100 had bought them. In early 2013, he finally got some exposure from a 2008 song that he released, which was posted on YouTube. The title, also the album name, was You'll Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack, and it garnered over 4 million views. It has since become an internet meme and is by far his most popular album. Carter was known as bizarre with outrageously violent and drug-centric lyrics. Beginning in 2014, he began releasing as many as an album per day on average, a lot of which consisted of recycled or revamped material. As of 2020, he had released over 1,500 albums, although only approximately 15 or so consisted of solely original material. 
In 2019, Carter created a YouTube channel, which was mainly fan-made videos to his music. However, he created some green screen videos of him, including one of him dancing in front of the Twin Towers collapsing. According to court documents, officers responded to a home located on the 5200 block of Perry Street on April 7, 2023, for a reported kidnapping in progress. When they arrived, they could hear a woman from one of the windows. Officers began speaking with the woman, who told them that about four to five years prior, she was pregnant and panhandling off of Almeida, Genoa, when the man, identified as Lee Carter, pulled over to give her a dollar. Carter then asked the woman if she needed help, and she said she did. He told her to get in the car, which she did. They drove to his home on Perry Street, and the woman said that he'd held her captive ever since in a detached garage on the property. According to the court documents, the woman said Carter forced her to have sex with him repeatedly, forced her to take drugs, and prevented her from leaving the house by locking her inside the garage. Since the garage had no shower, she stated that he'd let her inside the home from time to time in order to bathe. According to the woman, she never saw anyone else in the home while she was kept there, but she could hear Carter arguing with a woman while she showered. She stated that on numerous occasions, when Carter would take her inside the home, she would attempt to run away and escape. However, each time, Carter would run after her, grab her, and lock her back inside the garage. The victim said that she pleaded with Carter almost daily to let her go, but he threatened her with physical violence. Whenever she would beg him to let her leave, he would force her to take pills as well as crack cocaine and other illegal drugs, causing her to become physically unable to leave. She reportedly told him numerous times that she didn't want to take the drugs, but he forced her to take them anyway. The documents stated that the woman told police that Carter gave her chips and snacks for food, but rarely a full meal. She said she hadn't showered in almost two months, and she was able to text the police when Carter allowed her to use his laptop. There she used a TextNow application to contact 911 dispatch and report that she was being held against her will. According to the woman, she'd been able to escape once before, but she ended up in the hospital and Carter found her and locked her in the garage again. He put boards up on the exterior of the garage window to prevent her from escaping again. The court documents stated that there was a makeshift toilet in the garage that did not flush, a sink with a faucet that had a dripping spigot, and a mattress covered in vomit, assorted chips, and a few Twinkies. The officer said that the victim was, quote, extremely malnourished, weighing approximately 70 pounds with a pungent stench. The clothes she wore were very dirty, and she had no shoes. When the police spoke with a neighbor, they said they never actually saw anything going on at the house, but based on conversations with Carter, they believe that there may have been illegal activity going on there. On July 5, 2023, less than two months after the pregnant woman was rescued, another woman was found dead in the same house where Carter lived. The Houston police verified that the body of Catherine Roberts, age 61, was recovered from the Perry Street home. Roberts had been reportedly living in the converted garage where the pregnant woman had once been held. According to the medical examiner, she died from alcoholic liver disease and hepatitis C, complicated by internal bleeding. One neighbor believed Roberts was the same person that Carter allegedly kidnapped on April 7, 2023. However, the police refuted this and stated that the victim was alive and well and that they had spoken with her days before. Houston Police spokesperson Shea Oisian said the victim in this case is alive and well. She was found to be in good health and did not appear to be in any danger. According to Houston Police, Robert's death has nothing to do with the kidnapping and Carter is not being investigated in the death. Oisian said it wasn't ruled a homicide. It was a natural cause, so there wouldn't be any police investigation. The alleged kidnapping is its own investigation.
Awozian also spoke concerning the coincidences of the two cases happening at the same residence. One was reported in April, and the other incident happened in July. The DOA called it at residence. As of right now, it's different incidents. On December 29, 2023, officers broke through a window and opened the door to gain entry into the home. They were concerned because they hadn't heard from the victim. Houston Police Department Commander Michael Collins said, We found a dog inside, feces on the floor, and an empty room with the TV on. Neighbor Jedediah Bates said, At one point, the cops come banging on my door claiming somebody had called from inside the house and was kidnapped and not able to leave on her own. Right then, as the cops are standing at my door, a gal comes crawling out that window, just clawing her way out, pregnant, eight months. Court documents don't show if she ever gave birth, and if she did, what happened to the baby. Houston police confirmed they received eight calls for service to the house in the past year alone. The woman's whereabouts remain unknown. On January 4th, 2024, Carter was arrested. He was accused of kidnapping a woman and holding her against her will for several years. He was charged with aggravated kidnapping and was booked into Harris County Jail with a $100,000 bond. The accusations against him are so concerning the judge cleared the room before reading aloud court documents. So here... You've mentioned aggravated kidnapping. Mm -hmm. There are some very important differences between kidnapping and aggravating kidnapping. So kidnapping is the instance when someone abducts another person for various reasons. The abductor often takes the victim to a remote or faraway place to ensure the person taken is not easily recognized or able to get away. Most instances of this crime have no aggravating factors. Penalties are issued based on these usual kidnapping instances. However, there are specific guidelines followed to determine if the criminal actions are considered aggravated based on some criteria. It is often these aggravating factors that cause a person to find him or herself behind bars for a lengthy period of time. Additionally, compensation may have to be made to the family of the victim or the person abducted. So what aggravated kidnapping is, is when a single kidnapping charge is elevated to aggravated, this usually means that there were additional factors present for the crime to become worse in the eyes of the law. To become aggravated, the kidnapping often must have some kind of violence, injuries to the victim, ransom demands, or similar issues attached to the crime. Dangerous weapons are often involved with aggravated criminal actions with the intention of harming or intimidating the person taken. Additional charges may be issued based on various elements of the crime, but these are usually saved for injuries, death, and dismemberment of the targeted person. Now, if multiple persons are taken, then each person is counted as one charge, so penalties are usually much harsher when more than one person has been abducted. This guy has been intimidating his victims. They're being sexually assaulted. You know, th that's why this is not just a normal kidnapping mm -hmm. so what did his defense lawyer have to say about this carter's defense lawyer george powell said he, that he did not kidnap the woman but that they're in a romantic relationship with a child together he stated that witnesses who know him will quote have ample evidence to demonstrate that they've been in a relationship for years after being released, Carter went on to say he's innocent, and he made multiple social media posts declaring that, as well as advertising his music. He also said he had only lived in the Houston home for 13 months. According to corporate records, he owns and operates a moving company registered to that address. Outsider Records, who is associated with Carter's Viper persona, made the following statement on January 5th, 2024. 
Hey everyone, after hearing the news about Viper, I'm cutting all contact with him. I am obviously shocked and lost for words. I want to say I had no knowledge or involvement in what he was doing. I've heard conflicting reports about the allegations, but to me the 100k bail speaks volumes. Everything purchased will be shipped out and refunds given where they are asked for. After that, I will close Outsider Records down permanently. Thank you for all your support over the years. It means a lot to me. Kettle. Carter was scheduled to appear in court February 13th, 2024, and he planned to plead not guilty. However, after he bonded out, he broke the judge's orders not to have contact with the victim, so he was rearrested and is due back in court around the end of February. So, this guy is a very, very special case. Now, when you look up Cloud Rap, for example, you will see him there. You will see Viper's name on the Wikipedia page. You'll see it mm-hmm. on multiple sources because he was very influential in its in its founding. However, this case just boggles my mind with the amount of opportunities, really, that law enforcement had to step in and do something about this and didn't. I know right. that's absolutely going to shock our listeners that I'm pointing that out, but it it's egregious in some cases. I mean, they were called there eight times. That's not a small amount. It's it's not a small amount. The neighbors knew something was going on. People knew that it was it was rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just another moment where I feel like things could have been done differently and. This poor woman that was there for years, like, I can only imagine the absolute trauma that she's suffering because of this. And right. then he, he he was let out on bail. And at the time of this recording, we, we literally just got this information about him uh, breaking the judge's orders within a day. So it's absolutely insane, like, what this guy thinks he can get away with. I, maybe because he thinks he's got status or clout or or what have you but this case it it's it's just it's it's weird it's crazy there's mayhem it's it's definitely macabre so i hope your guys's meters were filled this week on that and yeah so since this guy was responsible for several of them what do you say we get into our missing persons case of the week yeah sounds good So this week's missing person case focuses on Rebecca Fudge Schnarr, who goes by Becky. She went missing November 24th, 2022 at the age of 17. She was last seen around 10 a.m. on Moffat Road in Iroquois Fall, Ontario, Canada. She has long blonde hair and glasses. She was last seen wearing a hoodie, jean jacket, jeans, and gray boots, and was carrying a white floral patterned bag. Per a news release, Ontario Provincial Police stated intensive search of the area and a public appeal at that time found no traces of Rebecca. Members of the South Porcupine Crime Unit were still searching for her six months later, but still have not found her. Anyone with any information about Rebecca Fudge Schnarr should contact Ontario Provincial Police at 1-888-310-1122 or contact Crime Stoppers. Again, this is a very young lady. And out in Canada, lots of openness. If you guys know something, go ahead and, and contact. Again, you can do it anonymously, as I say every week. If you don't feel comfortable letting you know people know your name or knowing what you're what you're up to, but do the right thing. 
let's let's keep people off of our show. We've already had one person end up on here and some unfortunate news about another. So, yep. Hopefully, we're going to get one. Hopefully, we're going to get one back. Yes. And on that, I'm going to say that I think my macabre meter's filled for the week, Rebel. Yeah. I think I think we're we're going to have to call it here, but. Yes. Let's say that our listeners are not ready to call it and they want to tell their friends and family where they can catch more of our most excellent podcast. Where would you send them? So we're hosted on Podbean and we're available on most of the major podcast places. So Spotify, Amazon, Apple, etc. We always post show notes to Murderosity.com. You can email us tips or if you have requests at Murderosity at gmail.com. And we're on the social media sites as Murderosity or Murderosity Podcast. So give us a follow and you can interact with us there and we will accept tips anywhere. And we do love hearing from you guys. We're more than happy to engage on any forum you'd like. I know that both Rebel and I get quite a bit in our private DMs about cases and questions and even missing persons cases. So please yes. don't hesitate to reach out to us. We We respond to everybody. It might take us... A day or two but we do get back to you and as rebel said everything's up on the on murderosity.com if you want to check it out we'd love to hear from y'all absolutely so, all right well i think that's going to about do it for me today rebel and i'm going to wish all of our dear listeners a, a very happy happy time and we'll see you at the next one all right stay safe out there <laughs>